0: Hello and welcome to Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey insights of amazing association executives and partners who are building the association industry of tomorrow. I'm your host Lowell Applebaum CEO of VistaCova, where we partner with organizations on strategic facilitation, and you're in for a treat we are at our end of the year bash here and our holiday party is to have a panel of this past year's rock stars together so that we get more than a, a short little bite, we can actually get some good dialogue and conversation as together we'll hear these brilliant minds reflect on the year that's been and project a little bit about the year that's to be. And so with me today, we have Stephanie Reeves, F-A-S-A-E-C-A-E, Bobby Peralta, C-P-A-E, Joe Lindahl, M-A-C-A-E, Ashley Hodak Sullivan, Natasha Bethia Goodwin, M-S-C-A-E, and David Falcheck C-A-E. And I'm sure there's more acronyms I did not get. And if I missed any, I'm sorry. Uh, So, although we usually start our individual interviews, of course, with superpowers, we have all of your superpowers from this past year. So instead, let's go around and everyone introduce themselves quickly uh, with this question. In one sentence, as you reflect on 2022, what is a key leadership quality that you think association executives have needed this past year to really thrive? Uh, And I'm just going to do Brady Bunch boxes going around for the ease uh, of this first part. Uh, So, David, you're first up. But I'm going to request that everyone unmutes when I call on them.
1: Sure. Thank you, Lowell. I would say, um, blessed learned, equanimity in the face of change. If you didn't have it by 2022, you pretty much had better had gotten it.
0: I like it. Natasha?
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Natasha. I am the Senior Director of Marketing and Membership at the Information Technology Industry Council. And I would say uh, one quality is self-awareness. It's really important for you to recognize your strengths, your value, what you're going through when you need to take a break. And that's definitely a tool that I use this whole 2022.
3: Excellent. Thank you. Joe. Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm Joe Lindahl. I am a Senior Associate at MCI USA, and I'm also the Executive Director for the Multiple Systems Atrophy Coalition. Um, I would say a key leadership quality and lesson has been um, active listening, active listening and a little bit of uh, gratitude, I think mixed in there. That's been my year this so far. I like that, that's great, thank you. Ashley.
4: Hi everyone, I'm Ashley Hodak Sullivan. I am the Director of Membership and Marketing at the National Association of College and University Attorneys. Um, and I am actually going to go with humor. Um, in light of the absurdity of everything that has happened for the last, let's go three years, um, you really just have to have the ability to kind of laugh at it and and then adapt and move on. Um, Lord knows that it, being able to kind of have fun and and try to find the humor in at times absolutely insane situations um is a really great coping mechanism i'll be completely honest
1: <laughs>
0: i like it i'm gonna resist doing call out which my kids would be proud of of the book they gave me love it so i will i will not do it during the during this but anyone who wants to stick around <laughs> after, i'll give you some good dad jokes bobby uh
5: greetings everyone uh, from manila philippines uh my, my name is Bobby Peralta, I'm the founder and CEO of uh, the Philippine Council of Association and Association Executive. For me, um, in this VUCA world, uh, volatile, uncertain, complex and, and, and uh, ambiguous time, mental toughness uh, is my uh, trait uh, during the year.
0: Yeah, and, and Bobby is displaying that as he's joining us from close to midnight uh, for our <laughs> conversation. Yes, and thank you for having me. Thank you for being here.
6: All right. Uh, So I'm Stephanie Reeves, I am deputy chief of public policy and engagement with the American Psychological Association, and I would say for this year, grace, not just for everyone around you, but more importantly, grace for yourself. We are so hard on ourselves, we do so much, and we need to be able to give ourselves an opportunity to mess up, um, to fail but to just get back up and keep going.
0: That is a, a perfect segue, I think, into our first question. And I'll encourage each of you uh, to not just respond, uh, but also to respond to each other as well. So hopefully we have a good conversation. Uh, as we think about the past year, 2022, of emerging from, well, whatever DEMIC stage we want to call this, right, Uh, but about seeking foundations of normalcy, whatever you define that as in the state of transition, knowing that we still live in a world that is continuing to transition. What do you think are some key lessons in leadership that uh, associations or association professionals, executives have been forced to learn in order to succeed this year? What have they needed to really thrive?
2: I can take this one first, Lowell. Uh, For me, I would say... It's definitely been kind of communication and transparency. Um, I feel like before COVID, we were kind of moving as robots, and now we're realizing we are human beings. We have things going on, and it's important to communicate that. Um, I'm a mom, and there's been plenty of times where daycare has been shut down for over a week because of COVID. So it's definitely important for me to not expect my team to... Uh, think that I can do it all, but really like let them know, hey, this is what's going on in my life. Um, I have a child here right now. She's going to be on the zoom calls, but that's just how life is gonna be. But I think taking that human aspect into your communications is definitely gonna go a long way.
6: I would say flexibility. Um, I think one term that we've heard a lot over the last three years is building the plane as we're flying it. And we definitely have done that in many instances from, figuring out remote hybrid meetings and all, and we've all had to do it on a drop of a dime. Um, In a previous organization, my members went from in-person, what they do always is in-person to almost within a couple of days having to do everything online electronically. And it was a very challenging um a situation but it was one that taught us just as um natasha pointed out uh we're human and we need to be able to move and adjust and bend as needed so flexibility mm-hmm. i think is one big lesson that we have learned that i hope that we continue even if whatever this next new normal is going to be
3: kind of to just jump on the on the flexibility uh, mine would have been like curiosity I think we're at a place where things aren't ha- don't have to be status quo, and we're all, we're looking ahead and taking using COVID nineteen as a as a rationale to really break things and rebuild. And so, asking the question of why do we do X, Y, or Z? Is there a different way to do it? And I think really being intentional about bringing new voices to the table. I mean, we often so talk about let's bring in new young. Gen Z millennials into it, but they're not at the table. And I think a key question is, why, why is there a middleman? Bring them all into, uh, into the room and really have an open and engaging conversation. So I think that has really been something um, that we've learned.
5: Uh, Lowell from my end uh, here in uh, the Philippines. Uh, and, and, uh, and Amy knows that I love uh, to use acronyms, so I'll, I'll call it the five Ps. so quickly. Uh, First P would be uh, people to digital. I mean, uh, we've been, uh, in, direct, in the last uh, three years, we've been uh, forced to really accelerate our uh, digital uh, actions in association, like as simple as uh, uh, you know, uh, digital platform, video conferencing for engagement, or maybe in a, in a higher end, uh, augmented reality or uh, AI. Um, the second P would be partnerships. Uh, you know, collaboration has been the current currency of uh, associations here. Uh, associations collaborating with members, with associations, with the academy, with consulting companies to deliver content. The the third um, P would be uh, people upskilling and and well being. Uh, we know that in know work uh, at home, work from home environment, uh, you know, we're we're supposed to take care of our people. Uh, the fourth P would be on performance. So many, many uh, associations have been really tweaking their business models, their membership models, uh, et cetera, to be able to be more efficient and more relevant to mobile. And lastly is planning. Uh, now we planning is just a very short term, maybe six to one year at most, uh, unlike before when you do a strategic plan for three to five years. So five piece.
0: And I'm, I'm going to invite all of the panelists uh, to uh, at some point during our episode to uh, share their, if they're willing to, their, uh, their LinkedIn uh, in the chat, which we can post over in the Facebook. Uh, if you don't follow Bobby on LinkedIn, uh, he is a treasure trove of articles and thought leadership. Each Actually, each of our panelists are in their, in their own way. Uh, but I have a feeling that's not, this is not the only place you would hear about that acronym. Uh,
5: if Thank you, Lloyd.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, uh, Lowell, I have to I have to say that, you know, being here on this podcast, I you know, i feel like the fan who has been pulled up on stage with uh, be, being on a panel with with these folks. And and, um, you know, when it, it's hard to have an original thought when you have so many great minds. But one of the things that that some of the comments made me think about is, um, you know, human beings are said to have a recency bias. We tend to think that today is going to be like yesterday and tomorrow is going to be like today. Mm. But we know that that really is not the case. And I really like what Joe said about seeing that change and even the crises as opportunities. And I think as as all of us have shared with Lowell on this podcast, You know, uh, you know, we're stronger after confronting a crisis and coming out of it, and we develop competencies and skills that we didn't have before the crisis. So I really think that that perspective is very healthy. And Natasha and her comments, she she made me think of another lesson that I learned, and that's that, you know, we're in a human profession. And um, if we have a, I know I personally, I have a tendency to always make a logical argument, trying to appeal to the frontal lobe. And I think that if we learned anything after the pandemic, it's that we're all people and we're all being affected by things as people. And we need to remember the emotional aspect of going out and carrying out our duties as executives.
0: You know, let me ask a follow-up question, because I think, David, I think what you just surfaced and uh, it struck me really, Stephanie, when you were talking about curiosity. Uh, I think that's a theme that at least I've heard in many different contexts and many organizations this year. I'm wondering if any of you have any perspectives on how curiosity as a driver either is being recognized and appreciated within our organizations, right? Uh, Or how when colleagues are looking for their next job, is it about the work you've done? Or are you seeing any trends or any experiences or narratives where the next association is looking for people to come work that, yeah, have good skill sets, but are curious, right? So do you see, from your experience, I'll take either of those. Like curiosity as a place, if it's critical, that's being recognized and appreciated. Or curiosity is a place that's being sought after as we think about a turbulent job market. I'll take either of those if anyone has any thoughts on
6: that. Well, actually, I want to challenge you on a third.
0: Yes, please.
6: And that's that's curiosity that may not always be welcomed. Mm. Uh, Because I was thinking about what Joe had said about the need and desire for us to always say we want to bring in new voices, we want to bring in different people, and yet and still there's always something to that. And I think we are in a space where people are still yearning for
2: 2019.
6: Mm. And we're not gonna go back there no matter how much or how many times we say it, we're not going back to 2019. And so people who create, you know, that curiosity that I think that build up in all of us to question policies, question why things are the way they are, question why, you know, if I am an early career person in my organization, why can't I run for the board? We're now getting people who are asking those questions. And I think for a lot of associations, it's a challenge because I think the desire is there. It's just, it's going to be a scary leap for a lot of them to make those adjustments to satisfy that curiosity. And so I think we're at a point right now where associations are really going to have to make that decision on. If you are truly going to be the organization that survived the next 20 30, 100 years, how do you manage those curiosities that have come out of these last three years to benefit your organization and acknowledge that your organization has to change even if everything is going well? You know, you have money, you have members, it's great, but it's not going to move you, it's not going to move that needle unless you respond to those hard questions for some of these organizations. Yes.
4: Stephanie, I actually want to build off of that, and I thank you for bringing that up. Um, my association is going into a strategic plan this year, um, and we're also under a new CEO. After having a, a wonderful leadership team in place for over 20 years, we're very successful. We, we have members that love us. They love what we do, but we're in a very fortunate position right now where we have a CEO We have a board that are open to asking those kinds of questions, Stephanie, why not? Why don't we give that a try? Why don't we put mechanisms in place that allow us to try something out and fail, fail fast, and then learn from it and move on? And I know, for example, this year, we're already planning on rolling out two new programs um, that we would have never thought about rolling out five years ago. And so um, really getting comfortable with the idea that we might try something and it might fail, Um, And that's a really uncomfortable sensation to work around. And so um, that's actually been a little liberating as as us as a leadership team are now able to say, all right, well, if it fails, this is what we do. This is how we put mechanisms in place to kind of protect us. Um, And I think you're right. It does kind of delve into that idea of curiosity and asking
2: why not. Um, And that's kind of exciting. Um, And Ashley, just to build off of that, um I you talking about you know being comfortable, uncomfortable. I think as an association professional, um, it's really good to get uncomfortable um and step outside of your subject area. Um, I think a lot of folks are looking for new skills and new things to bring to the table. And sometimes we get stuck. Well, I'm a membership person, so I can only talk about membership things, but really kind of stepping out and like, okay, well, let me talk more about policy or Um, you know, communications and really stepping outside of that comfort zone to kind of, you know, go into those curious moments and being experimental. So I really think that it's important for us to kind of step outside of the box and try new things and also for leaders to encourage that with your employees. Just because you have a membership hat doesn't mean you have to stay there.
0: I'm wondering in the journeys that you've taken this year, perhaps individually, you know, going working off of that, Natasha, as you think about where you have individually grown this year professionally, uh have any of you looked and say, where are the pla like what Natasha just saying, like where are the places where I need to grow that perhaps I'm not as comfortable, but like I need to invest in me if I'm gonna get more comfortable right? I'm gonna need to grow there to gain a greater perspective or skill set or experience uh Have any of you had uh, interesting moments of learning journeys this year that you'd like to share
3: yeah i uh so I transitioned into my role last year. Uh, I mean, I've been doing association management for a while, but I'm not the executive director for a patient advocacy group, and it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different org type of organization. And so for me, what I've had to learn is the, it's different than a professional society. You have people from all walks of life, all different perspectives that have been affected by this terrible, no cure, fatal disease. And so As a as a as a person that now has people on the board that that are current patients that have lost their loved ones to the disease at a very intimate level and seeing the impact. For me personally, my default has always been kind of like David like let's go with rational logical. Thought data driven decision making, but I think there's a there's a piece of, of growth that's happened, I think, for my journey this year of really trying to take more of a of a perspective of what are they hearing and feeling what's the emotional pull because they there really is a it's a, there's some life and death kind of emotional there and for me I've had to grow grow my EQI and I've had to put different hats on to really understand and try and get to as close as I can to the place that they're coming from and hearing these perspectives because they want to you know they want to positively affect As many people, just like I do, it's just my hat is a little bit different and kind of meshing these two perspectives has been a really interesting journey. Um, One that I'm really grateful for. I think we all do what we do from a mission-driven standpoint. This has just been more intimate. And so for me personally, it's definitely been flexing a muscle I haven't really had to before. So I've been very grateful for this opportunity.
5: Uh, Just like uh, Joe here. uh, Yeah, I also transitioned from doing association management. Now I'm the executive director of the UN Global Compact here in the Philippines and, uh, you know, uh, as you know, the UN Global Compact uh, is in a partnership of the United Nations system and, and the business. And uh, the, the role is to advocate for the 10 principles around uh, human rights, uh, environment, anti-corruption and labor. And with the SDGs coming in in 2015, so we have aligned ourselves also to the sustainable development goals. so my my, my role, and I think uh, one one growth area is really to for associations as influencers and multipliers, is really to see how they can help advance the sustainable development goals uh, in their respective areas. Uh, talk about helping uh, society, helping the planet and uh, making everyone uh, you know at least uh, prosper during this uh, turbulent time. so For me, a growth area would be on the sustainability front. Mm.
4: I'll uh, I'll share one of the areas that I've had growth and it's um, an interesting one. It's actually kind of learned not to sweat the issues I can't control Mm. Um, and really try to focus my energy and a lot of my thought into the things I can and are responsible for. And just from a mental health standpoint, that has made such a difference in my work because you know, the, I cannot control external forces. I cannot control the outcome of, of a policy or a bill, but I can control how I'm contributing to the mission, how my department is contributing to the issue. And and even my own approach and mentality is something I can control. And so it's almost like chanting the Serenity prayer over and over again, um, but, I think it has done a lot to get rid of some of that noise and allow me to focus more meaningfully on yeah. the things I need to focus on, as opposed to being distracted by a lot of external voices and forces.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer the question, which I rarely do, but I, you guys made me think of one, so I'm gonna answer that. Then I want to build off something you just said. Uh, for me, this past year, it's been trying to focus not just on immediate impact, but the ripples, right? Like from the efforts I make. How are those efforts not just making immediate impact on an individual and organization, but what are the intentional ripples I want to be from that impact that hopefully lasts beyond that moment? And I find by trying to have like the ripple perspective shapes a little bit how I get to that place of impact because I want sustainability to it. Like I want there to be a future from it. Uh, but I want to go back to something you said, Ashley, uh, because it's something actually Bobby mentioned earlier as well when we were first doing introductions when it came to mental health, and in particular, uh, you know, we had Nabil on. Uh, I was talking to Nabil, uh, and he's a past rock star, and he's uh, switched over and is really helping association executives right now, in particular, because particularly if you're in uh, any senior position it seems that uh, the stresses of what society has brought us uh, are things that you're just supposed to push through and still do your job. And uh, mental health, I think in many communities uh, is a serious issue. Uh, I'm sure Stephanie could talk about that for like hours with her physician, Uh, but I'll, I'll bring it back to each of you, which is as you think about how Either in the past year or even going forward, like projecting, you think about how you are strengthening, preserving, enriching your own mental health. So you find where possible, right? The depths of strength and the ability to be positive. Do you have practices you do? Have you have things you've adopted? Like what helps you navigate this very stressful moment in time that hopefully is just a moment in time. So you're able to be your best you in the professional world.
6: I feel I should start um, oh, I, 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 So to, to 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 put a point in uh, something you just said, Lowell, in terms of it being a short term. Um, I think we all hope that's the case. I can tell you from the mental health community, unfortunately, it's not going to be. It's just probably going to look different. But we're in crisis. Yeah. And we're going to be in crisis for a while. So I think for associations and for those in leadership particularly, that's something that you need to just keep in mind. We're going to be in crisis for a while. Um, we talk about it more, which I am so thankful for, because I've been working in this space for 12 years now. And at the beginning of my career, when I first was at APA, we, you know, stigma still exists, but it's nothing like it was previous. So I am glad that we're having this conversation and that we're talking about it. But we need to be mindful that, um, you know, this is going to be something that we're going to be dealing with for a while um, in many instances. Um, So in in terms of how I deal with it, um, I, I go back to grace. I give myself the grace to not only mess up, but also acknowledge when I'm not having a great day. And I am very, very fortunate to work for an organization and work on a team, you know, we do advocacy work. I mean, we're dealing with potentially Congress working over Christmas to get a budget together. So, and we just had a meeting where we were told, um, be available by text over the holidays. Not necessarily, you know, what you always wanna hear, but it's the reality of the jobs that we do. And so I know that I, you know, I will give myself time to just relax and enjoy the holidays. Um, I will acknowledge and be vulnerable and say, I can't do it today or I can't do it right now. And I'm fortunate to work in an organization and a team that accepts that. Um, I also find that Marvel movies are very helpful <laughs> and getting your mind off of things that are occurring even though there is connection with Marvel movies. Um, but all this to say that for our community, we need to acknowledge that this is not a short-term thing, unfortunately. So I encourage associations to invest in your people, whether that is a mental health day, APA had four this year, in addition to our holidays. Um, Invest If you don't have an, an employee assistance program, look into one, find something comparable because your folks, you know, whether they acknowledge it or not, whether they, I, I also encourage um, mental health first aid. That is a um, per, that is a program geared towards lay people who are not in the mental health space to recognize signs of a potential issue. Um, those are important things. And I think those are things that we need to be mindful of in this community now and going forward.
1: You know, I I think uh, some of the practices that Stephanie and Ashley had mentioned are very helpful, giving ourselves permission to fail and also giving our staffs permission to fail. I think that helps promote uh, creativity, uh, creativity and idea generation in, in a staff. Um, And also the recognition that we can't influence external forces, we can only affect how we respond to them. I also think that mindfulness and meditation and think practices like yoga are very helpful. And I happen to have this thing within reach here. This is everyday mindfulness for the... suite by Holly Duckworth. And Holly is a CAE CMP. And you know, meeting planning is also a very stressful profession. So she has it from both directions. And, um, and these little reflections in here, there's 30 of them are very helpful, I think, when combined with a meditation practice. I like it.
4: Um, one thing I'll share is, um, you know, I, I personally had a incredibly difficult year, and it was a little bit of an epiphany for me. Um, where I realized I needed to take a step back and being able to trust my team that the machine would keep moving and that nothing was going to crumble and fall away while I unplugged. I think, um, that was absolutely something I realized that I should do and that I can do and is something, um, going forward that I'm going to work towards more, um, And it's really hard. We feel like we're on call 24 24 hours a day, even when we're really not. I mean, we joke here at the office, and this is more true for my association than others, but none of us are performing heart surgery here. Like, no one's going to die tomorrow. So let's all take a breath. Let's realize that we still love our jobs. We still love our missions. But at the end of the day, like, we need, we need to be okay. And what that looks like day to day is is definitely going to change but um you know recognizing that sometimes you just need to put your phone down walk away from it and just breathe and and that's that's a
2: challenge to learn from for sure
0: Natasha were you gonna say something
2: yeah and I I just because it's, it's so crazy and very much on brand that you mentioned Nabil. I want to talk about the power of relationships because Nabil is actually uh, one of my mentors. And I just had a conversation with him last Friday and he literally had to talk me off the ledge. Uh, and he, he's so wonderful at that. But I think it's also important to have those in your corner who you can call up and talk to and kind of help you out when you're having, you know, a difficult day, give you some strategies to use to help you persevere. So I, I'm glad that you mentioned Bill, because he's awesome. You
0: know, it's been interesting from a facilitation perspective. Uh, as I've been working with groups on strategy or governance, uh, I've been incorporating more into a process to try to have people in the process, like go out and walk and do a piece, like go outside and walk and in pairs and small groups, uh, and just the non-stationary, sedentary. I'm stuck here. Feel they come back later right? Like more energy filled. Granted, the winter in Chicago, not the best place to try that, but like where you can, uh, that that's one. Uh, and I'll say my, my own approach to it is I have a sort of a bifurcated approach of I like to have many things I could focus on. Like I'm one of those people in the middle of four different books at a time, five, but to be fully present with what I'm focusing on. So that means I'm fully present. When I feel my fully presence slipping, I can switch to another and get that little endorphin hit of a new thing, a new thing, a new thing, and then come back to it. Right. And it it refreshes me. And then there's times I feel it slipping. And then
5: that means I have to step away. Uh, Oh, yeah. We Um, we had a, yeah. uh, Thanks, Lloyd. We had an interesting uh, webinar a couple of days ago, and it was about neuroscience. Yes. Uh, And And you know when when we say neuroscience, you, you think of no know, I'm, I'm not a scientist, I'm an association person, but what do I need about that? But very simplistically, uh, neuroscience uh, is acronym Batman. Uh, it's study of brains, how the brain acts, thinks, and manages your your behavior. and I learned that your the, your your mom is correct when you when she said that you know you have to count ten seconds before. Before acting or making a decision, because there's a scientific basis for that, it says that the brain has this emotional part of the brain that triggers uh, 10 minutes ahead of your logical uh, logical uh, brain. So that means uh, if you want to make a decision, uh, just just take a time, maybe count 10 seconds, and then uh, your rational uh low of your brain will will set in and trigger and you can make a more rational decision than being emotional because the tendency of, of uh, you know, uh, our brain is really to be emotional. If you confront a problem or conflict, you become emotional right away, but say count well, 10 seconds and that's a scientific basis. So you become more rational. Nice.
0: Well, n- the first thing we say isn't always the uh, thing that we mean. So I think there's a lot of good wisdom in that reflection moment. Uh, time's flying by. I want to do like a quick hit round or two for a question or two. Uh, so, let so this one. Uh, top of mind, over the past year, have there been any new sources of information that have been added to your watch list or your playlist or your podcast list or your subscription? Things that you find are either filling you, challenging you, opening your mind. Uh, if someone was going to add to what they're listening to, watching, tuning into, anything that comes to mind that you would recommend?
2: I would recommend um, using, um, I think everyone's phone has a podcast app. Um, I use it as a search engine. So I really type in how I'm feeling and a bunch of podcasts will pop up and I just pick the one um, that best represents how I'm feeling for the day. So I can't say that I specifically stick with one podcast. I just search how I'm feeling for the day and whatever comes up, that's what I go with.
3: I like it. My since since we're no longer commuting, my podcast listening has gone down significantly. No more no more train listening. But I would say um, how I built this is probably one of my favorite podcasts. It, I think I'm entrepreneurial by spirit, and then just listening to those that have, that do it consistently and how they've grown from an idea to this larger um, company. I think is I find those incredibly interesting and actually motivating in many ways.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
6: I would recommend um, As We Work, which is a new podcast from the Wall Street Journal, which talks about just the career environment in this space. So talking about everything from remote work to how we network to um, to losing social norms, going back into an office with other people. Um, They had a really great episode on remote work versus in person from the perspective of um, people of color, because there is a difference between the desire to go back to the office if you are talking to a person of color. And Mm -hmm. so they did a whole segment just talking to different people about their desire not to go back to the office and why. And so it's great. It's a short podcast. It's only less than 30 minutes and it really delves into a lot of these issues and curiosities that we talked about today.
0: I'll say that uh, there's been times in my life uh, that I've been a news junkie or news avoider. I'm a West Wing person at heart, uh, and so I feel I feel like civic duty that I need to know what's happening. And I feel I find that I'm at moments that I walk away with all my energy drained from like two minutes looking at news. Uh, and so for me, Simon Sinek's, uh a bit of optimism that podcast is exactly what it says right like these little not that long half hour 45 minutes but the point is to bring optimistic perspectives to the table uh doesn't fix the world but helps makes it better i like listening to it
1: Lowell, I don't have a podcast, but I have a book. William McRaven has a book out about heroism. And in it, he talks about the bin Laden raid and the preparations for it. And he talked about how the team looked at more than 100 possible scenarios of what could happen. And they made the decision ahead of time on how they would respond if a certain thing happened. And it was a reminder for me, particularly after coming out of the Black Swan event of the pandemic, that and that, that what, what ASAE is trying to do with foresight works, trying to get us to think and plan for the future and make decisions. And we're gonna have more challenges. There's gonna be more things happening. And if we, and if our leadership teams could think about those scenarios now and think about how might we respond, we're gonna be better prepared and it's gonna save us that mental energy when we're actually confronting a situation.
0: I'd also share this came out pandemic but it's open. I know she opens it to the community Nicola Rujo from uh, mighty citizen who's also on the ASE board of directors during pandemic started uh, a coffee chat every morning. uh, That has been a place for those who go to it, right, and it's open it's welcome. Uh, That it's a community that's there a half hour every morning, you can pop in, you cannot right? That that the healthy, non-gossipy, but like supportive coffee cooler, what coffee cooler, water cooler, coffee urn, put them together, I guess, uh, right? But that, that, that you got from being in the office and like that human interaction dynamic, uh, I have found having something like that, whether it's that one or another one, uh, is such a place of knowing you can start the day with people that just want to like, can help you solve your problem, or you can help solve someone else's problem. It's short, it's not long. Uh, And as much as we do individual growth and introspection, I think places of uh, community for that are probably important as well. All right, next quick hit one. Uh, As you think about the learning journey you wanna have in the year ahead, where are you planning to invest in yourself? What are you hoping to learn in the year ahead? Is there classes, courses, skill sets you wanna go to, a conference you've never been to before, or something less tangible even? Like as you think about like your own learning journey for twenty twenty three, inspire us with where you're looking to grow. I got a hard question this time, it would see.
3: I think we all know everything, Lowell. So it's clearly <laughs> resonate with this group. Um, uh I spoke up first, so I guess I have to answer. Um, I th- it's a tough one because I we I feel like every year we just race to December, think it's going to be calm, and it's not calm. So this is a good moment for us to try and think about what we do wanna do. And I'm, I really appreciate, I'm planning going to the executive leadership forum if we're talking about something tangible. I, I'm really curious about hearing um, like different ideas and learning from um, my cohort. Um, I think for me, it is it is kind of a, a reinvestment in like leadership development. I think I really wanna take a step back and look at how I am as a leader to, to my staff and to my volunteers. Um, I, I feel like I have significant areas of improvement, but I think I I actually want to create a game plan and and a real, like almost self-guided course for me to get feed, get 360 feedback, get their understanding, um, engage with a, a a leadership development coach, which I had the opportunity to do earlier this year. And we talked about mental health and that actually really helps significantly because get having a soundboard who, who knows what you're talking about and has been through what you've gone through can make sure Hey, you're not so off base, you didn't, don't be so hard on yourself, but have be, have ask these questions of yourself. So I think, for me, it's really going to be taking a step back and looking at my own leadership profile and trying to take inventory and then how I can become a better leader.
2: For me, I would say I'm investing more into self-care. Um, one hard lesson that I've uh, had to go through recently um One of my mentors says, you know, you always tell me that I need to take a break and, you know, unplug, but you don't do that. And I think sometimes a lot of times, like we really glamorize the struggle. Well, if you want to reach this level, you have to work hard. You have to not sleep. You have to, you know, do all these crazy things. And I think we need to kind of move away from glamorizing the struggle and glamorizing, taking care of yourself better, Um, taking vacations. Sometimes we get to the end of the year and we have all these days that we haven't used and we're trying to hurry up and use them. Um, You know, unplugging at night, we work at home. A lot of us work at home. So it's kind of hard to separate um, work from, you know, home, but cl- shut down your computer. And also we have our emails on our phone and sometimes we like use that as an excuse to kind of still check in. But I really think it's important for us as leaders to invest in self-care going okay. into the next year.
4: Um, actually, I'm going to build a little bit off of what Joe said, and that is, um, really trying to be very thoughtful and strategic about my own professional development. Um, Unfortunately, for the last few years, it's been very reactive uh, to what skill set, what problem I need to solve right now, or you're just so focused on the day-to-day that you aren't taking the time to develop your forward-looking skills. And so being able to kind of take a pause, look around, take a very real inventory, and be strategic about where you're building those I think is really important. And it's probably the first time that I can be comfortable saying that in about three years. Mm. And so I'm um, really going to try to be thoughtful about that. And I'm a little bit of the black sheep of the group and that I'm the only one without a CAE, uh, I'm pretty sure. And I, I, I bit the bullet and I submitted my application. So there's no going back now. I have to sit for it this year. Um and so I am I am mentally preparing myself for the, for that new adventure.
1: Excellent. I'm sure you'll do fine, Ashley. I know um, from from my perspective, I've always been fascinated by governance and, and ethics. And I recently enrolled in a board source program for a, a nonprofit board cons- to be a nonprofit board consultant. But the other aspect, the ethical aspect of it, I currently serve on a municipal board of ethics, and I really want to explore how institutions like local governments can adopt and inculcate uh, ethics in a way that is transparent to the general public. I mean, and and as a way to restore faith in institutions. And I think, I think we all know that in associations, uh, you know, that our reputation is really our most valuable asset. And um, I'm talking with the League of Cities and also with the center, the center for ethics and excellence in public service at the university of Scranton to try to figure out how local governments could do a better job um, uh, engendering trust in, in, in what's become a really cynical, you know, a, a really cynical view uh, against institutions. Yeah.
6: I, I, I'm i actually taking a different approach to this. Um, one thing I learned this year, um, going back to an in-person conference was just how out of shape I was. <laughs> I was like, how, t- why? <laughs> I can't remember, you know, it's the time of walking through all of these large convention centers and you're like, oh, why am I so tired? Oh yes, I haven't done this in three years, what? And so really to me it's 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 taking a serious investment in um my um physical health um uh, because it's obviously physical and mental are all together, they both impact each other, and knowing that there's going to be more in- person events and there's going to be more meetings and such, and um just wanting to be in the best shape that I can, so I'm investing in my physical health
0: so i'll I'll wrap it uh this one up by saying uh I went this past year I'm like I have not gone to a conference in a long time just as a participant and I went to the uh, ASA's conscious inclusion summit and other than the fact that I'm afraid I asked too many questions just because like I had like the learner's excitement of like I get to ask questions uh it was so nice to be in a new environment with a new community and I think that's something I want to pledge myself every year is actually try to find a new conference like a new community. Uh, where I I love going to places where like I know people, but it's also really good to go to places where like you have to immerse uh, and hear different perspectives. So that's one. I think the the second one for me is uh, my oldest is will be twelve this year, and I understand when they're younger the idea that like I'm not like a lawyer or a doctor like what does your parent do? I'm a facilitator of strategy for associations doesn't really translate well to an eight year old. I'm determined sometime this year to take him to one of my facilitations to actually like see what it is I do, and then hear how he describes it afterwards. So maybe I can get some language on that. I all right, last we didn't time wise. Okay, last quick hit one. uh, If anyone has uh, answers to this, I'd be interested. Uh, I know many of us that work for nonprofits uh, are also not just dedicated to the mission of our work but usually have a place that we feel tied to missions and other organizations. So are there any uh, places that you're focusing time in the year ahead on giving back? Are there places where you're donating time or investing or that you have a a worthy cause, if you will, that has interest to you or piqued your interest uh, just to get to know you a little bit better? If not, that's okay too, but I feel like that's the other piece of it.
2: Um, I can start with this one. Um, So for me, I'm a member of the National Coalition of 100 Black Women Washington, D.C. chapter. Um, So we are really focused on helping Black women and girls in in the nation's capital through mentorship, um, economic empowerment, and health. So I spend a lot of time uh, I'm on the education committee and I love mentoring um, high school girls. So I spend a lot of time doing that. And then also, I do run a social media page called Professionally Brilliant, where I help um, young professionals uh, really kind of build up their confidence and competence in the workplace. Um, so make sure you all follow me there.
0: Put the put the link in. We'll put it in Facebook. If you do not follow Natasha on this, you should. You should. Others?
6: Um, so the two organizations that I um, support and want to become more active in. Uh, going forward are uh, so others may eat some which is a uh, local nonprofit that uh, supports homeless families uh, homeless vets Uh, they do a number of different community projects including um, they prepare um, uh, gifts for kids and for families looking for you know they help with temporary uh, shelters and such and they're just a phenomenal organization in dc And the other is the Animal um, Rescue Alliance. Um, It is where I got my current dog who is in the background scratching, hopefully you can't hear him, Uh, but I adopted him from that rescue and they do such good work in the community, not just in adoptions, but also whenever there is a case of animal abuse, Um, they've been good on taking the animal in and if there's surgery that's needed. So there's always a need for resources. They accept donations of even dog food, and beds for those who have pets but can't afford always afford the food and such. So they do again. Both of them do such phenomenal work in the D.C. area.
5: I'm uh, um, I'm a mechanical uh, engineer, Lowell by by education, and mm-hmm. then I was uh, I, I worked in a bank because at the time uh, you know banking uh, pays uh, good money. But uh, fate has it that I went to associations, and uh, that has been 30 years. So. In 2013, I founded the Philippine Council of Association and Association Executives, as PCAE. That's the logo in the background, and ASAE has supported it. And it has been uh, nine years uh, since then that uh, we're trying to professionalize association management and governance in the country. So we have uh, we have quick wins, and uh, we're still, uh, you know, uh, doing it. And I've been working, as I said, with loyal to to you know to uh, get more uh, topics and uh, and speakers from 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 the US, particularly because the US has been very advanced in association management. But we also work with the Europeans, with the Africans, with the, with Australians, and 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 now we're 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 pretty strong uh, uh, society of association executives and associations. So I'm happy for that, and I think that's. That's my, my calling in the end, uh, to be able to help associations here in the country. That's excellent.
0: I, uh, our time's starting to come to a close. Before we get to our last question, the wrap-up question, there is one I wanna ask. Uh, what are conversations that you think association leaders, current and future, need to have in 2023 in order to evolve the industry, in order to survive? What are the questions or conversations that leaders should be having in our association world and in their organizations uh, for a future focus? I don't know if that's easier or harder than what podcast you listen to, but.
5: Uh, maybe I can start, uh, Lois. Uh, yes. Yeah, I look again, I have uh, this acronym of 5G this time, you no know, G, uh, as in Go. So, first, uh, it's it's a mix really of the old and, and the new back to basics, as well as the lessons from the pandemic. So G, first, is really to gravitate to your purpose, because that's the reason for, for associations. So you really, you know, e- even in these turbulent times, you really need to stick to your purpose. Uh, second is to uh, give value, and, and that's precisely uh, you have to look at your value proposition to be relevant and so on. The third G would be to grow your staff, and we have discussed that already. The fourth G would be uh, really to generate revenue because uh, uh, in the end, uh, if you don't have, they say that there's, uh, if you have no money, no mission. Uh, And and finally, um, go digital. And that's where I I wanted to invest my time. I want to graduate from being a digital dinosaur to maybe a digital uh, native, if, if if that's not too late for me. So the five Gs, thank you. Excellent.
6: Thank okay, Well, I, I would say um, I, I, the question we need to ask ourselves is what is that one thing that is holding that we've been holding on to for years, even before the last three years? What have we been holding on to that no longer serves our purpose? Um, for I, I can give an example with us. Um there's there's there was a legislative legislative issue that we had been moving for years and Um, You know, advocacy is never a sprint. It's always a marathon. But at a certain point, you have to kind of figure out whether this is the best way forward. And that was a decision that the organization had to make. And I think it it was made for the better because it then freed up resources and opportunities to focus in on other things. So there's always every organization has those one or two things that they have been holding on to whether it's a legislative issue, whether it's a program, whether it's an initiative that is just not working and either needs to be retooled or just pulled off the table entirely. And are you at the point that you want to do that? Then are you ready to do it? Uh, and, And if you're not ready, why not?
0: I often talk with organizations how strategic abandonment creates the capacity for inspiration right? Like if you're always mired in the things you've always done, like where's the capacity to think about what could be. Yeah. I love it. Anyone else critical conversations or questions that organizations should be thinking about this moment?
3: I I think in in general terms, I, I think the conversation for the future may circle around like, how are we meeting the general population's needs and expectations? And you could approach this, I think from a myriad of ways, from how do they how do they engage with online learning? Are we cutting edge in that regard? Paying for a membership, are there enough tangible items because of what has now occurred with subscription models and Amazon? Like, I, I sometimes wonder if we operate in silos because we are associations, but we act like we are not also competing for dollars in a for-profit space. We have to demonstrate our value in a meaningful, intimate way that I think sometimes as Stephanie alluded to, there are so many sacred cows out there that are really preventing us from doing that. In in wholesale, we should be at the forefront in a lot of this innovation. We have the thought leaders. Some of us have a good amount of resources, but what's holding us back is politics and sacred cows at times. And so I do wonder how we have those kind of difficult conversations. And I think things that I would love to learn from my colleagues and um, in any conversation is how. What are some good examples where groups have had? Because I know it's happened. It's not like people haven't. Like this is not an original thought I'm having. I'm sure others have done it. I'm just curious. What were the, what was the methods? What were the conversations? Lessons learned that you did you aim to achieve those? Because that's where that's what I think invigorates me doing the job that I do. Because that's what I want to do. But I I would love to learn from others about how do we how do we enlarge and meet the expectations. Of of the world, basically, um, and not just be so centric on associations only.
0: Yeah, we are. Uh, we're coming close to the end of time, so if it's all right, I'd like to just shift to get a, a final final piece of brilliance from each of you. If you uh, we're going to sort of sum up what you've been thinking about the conversation we've had, uh, and as your own reflections, uh, I'd love to hear from each of you just one key piece of advice. That you would give to colleagues that are listening in uh, for a successful 2023. As you think about the the year ahead, what is one key piece of advice you would give your association executive colleagues? Uh, And I'd like, I would love everyone to go, but I'll let you like sort of decide what order you go in. So I don't put anyone on the spot. Is there anyone that would like to go first?
6: I'll start. Um, Pay attention to what's happening in your state legislatures and on the federal and in Congress. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: You know, uh, Lowell, I hate to be a downer, but I would say plan, plan for crises, plan for a deep recession, plan for another pandemic, and then when it happens, just be ready to confront it and uh, and 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 think in advance of what you're going to do. Thank you.
4: Um, I will uh, build off of what David said a little bit, and that is adapt and overcome. Um, that's been our mantra here at our association for the last three years, and I don't see that changing. But... I will add a hopeful note and that is just try to stay positive um because that that positive mindset can make all the difference in the world in terms of of getting through a crisis.
5: Um I- integrity is your passport to to success and and um my last acronym will be best. So be the person uh, be the best person you can energize others uh set good example and be true to your word. So best and uh, I think that's uh uh, you know, integrity plays uh, a big part in, in association leadership. like it. I think active listening and
3: humbleness, I, I think just think knowing that this is gonna be a different year than last year and we're gonna have more opportunities, but different, different types of unforeseen obstacles and just ask the questions, bring in the team, know that you don't have to always know everything. <laughs> And I think so often that's our default at many, in many instances, mine included, but I think, it's, it's Stephanie, have some grace, be self-aware and 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 really just humble yourself and bring in more perspectives so that you ultimately can kind of reach the best conclusion, but I, just a little bit of humbleness.
2: Um, and I would say just to lead with gratitude, mm-hmm. your staff is going through a lot, your members are going through a lot, And a simple thank you goes a long way to show someone that they are appreciated and valued.
0: Uh, And I will, I'll use a Priya Parker quote from the Art of Gathering, that you should listen deeply enough that what you learn can change you. I think you should uh, ask more questions than you answer. And when you ask the question, take the time to be present to hear what others have to think and say. But I'll go to Natasha's uh, for the note of gratitude with thanks to all of you for not just appearing once this year, but for coming back for the encore, uh, for what has been a delightful and insightful conversation that has flown by. I feel like we could have kept going for a long time, uh, but really a wonderful capstone to this year of Association Rockstars. Thanks to all of you for participating. Uh, Amy, are you there that you can put your video on for a moment? I just want to give in terms of gratitude uh, Amy Hager is always there uh, talking to everyone chatting. She's who you get the newsletter from. Uh, she also has moderated and facilitated. Amy is amazing at communications and marketing uh, and is a dedicated association colleague uh, and is just wonderful. And rock stars will not happen without her. So a huge amount of gratitude for Amy as well.
6: Thanks, Lol
0: and gratitude for everyone here uh, listening. You know, when we started this two years ago, it was at the beginning of pandemic. We wanted to hear some narratives of individuals uh, that were leading the way. Uh, we have a community that's hundreds strong at this point that we'd love to see grow even more as we learn from each other and support one another. So this will be the last one of 2022. If you know of rock stars, we should be talking to you in 2023, please send them in. Uh, let me express my gratitude for each of you and for the community that we've built where we learn together uh, support one another congratulate one another uh, and hopefully be the places to inspire one another uh, as we work to build a better association community have a wonderful safe healthy happy end of 2022 we'll see you in 2023 until then association rock on